listen to the New Chemists podcast. We are so glad you are listening. Feel free to subscribe on Spotify and tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Our Deepest Fear by Marion Williamson Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we, let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Our deepest fear by Marion Williams. You are very important especially to us here at the New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Vous êtes très important, surtout pour nous ici au New Chemist Podcasting Group. Votre écoute est significative. Usted es muy importante, especialmente para nosotros aquí en The Nuche Mist Podcasting Group. Usted escuchando, es significativo. Você é muito importante, especialmente para nós do The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Você ouvindo, é significativo. Είστε πολύ σημαντικοί, ειδικά για εμάς εδώ στο The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Το να ακούς είναι σημαντικό. Sie sind sehr wichtig, besonders für uns hier bei The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Es ist wichtig, dass du zuhörst. 
je bent erg belangrijk, vooral voor ons hier bij The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Dat je meeluistert, is veel betekenend. You are very important, especially to us here at the New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Bienvenidos al podcast del nuevo químico. Carlos Irza, testo podcast to New Chemist. Welkom bij de podcast van The New Chemist. Bienvenue sur le podcast du Nouveau Chimiste. Bem-vindo ao podcast do Novo Químico. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Work hard. Be value-driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Travaillez dur. Soyez axé sur la valeur. Tu peux le faire. Vous pouvez grandir et l'apprendre. Vous pouvez être la différence dont vous et votre communauté avez besoin. N'abandonnez pas. Nous sommes ici pour vous encourager et vous encourager. N'abandonnez pas. Trabalhar duro. Seja orientado por valores. Você consegue. Você pode crescer e aprender. Você pode ser a diferença que você e sua comunidade precisam. Não desista. Estamos aqui torcendo e torcendo por você. Não desista. Duepse esclirá. Na odigite estinaxia. Boris na tocanis. Μπορείτε να μεγαλώσετε και να το μάθετε. Μπορείτε να είστε η διαφορά που χρειάζεστε εσείς και η κοινότητά σας. Μην τα παρατάς. Είμαστε εδώ για να σας ζητοκραυγάσουμε. Μην τα παρατάς. Τραβάχα δούρο. Σέα impulsado por el valor. Puedes hacerlo. Puedes crecer y aprenderlo. Usted puede ser la diferencia que usted y su comunidad necesitan. No te rindas, estamos aquí animándote y animándote. No te rindas.
Werk hard. Wees waardegedreven. Je kunt het. Je kunt groeien en leren. U kunt het verschil zijn dat u en uw gemeenschap nodig hebben. Geef niet op. We zijn hier om voor je te roten en te juichen. Geef niet op. Work hard. Be value driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is the new chemist where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I. pharmacy we lay the claim knowledge and compassion is the golden flame science and practice side by side they groove in a student's journey we find the move thinking by wd wendell if you think you are beaten you are if you think you dare not you don't if you'd like to win but you think you can't it is almost a cinch you won't if you think you'll lose you've lost for out in this world we find Success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you're outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before. You can ever win the prize. Life's battles don't always go. To the stronger or faster man. But sooner or later the man who wins. Is the man who thinks he can. Remember. Strategy, hard work collaboration and execution you can do it you can do it okay good afternoon it is so good it is so thrilling it is so exciting today we're going to switch things up a bit we're going to be having a vis-a-vis tete-a-tete conversation on pharmaceutical chemistry um so uh when we're referencing the notes of some of my professors however i won't be showing the notes i'll be referencing the notes um it'll just be an audio discussion with with uh the notes uh being referenced so the first topic for today will be serotonergic and anti-depressant agents Referencing notes of specifically Dr. A. Kulkarni. Um, so let's just go through them. Some introductory ideas, the biosynthesis and metabolism of serotonin, receptor types and subtypes, as well as we're going to be looking at uh, targeting and serotonergic signaling. And then we'll conclude. 
um, for that topic. And, but this is going to be a long episode, very, very long episode, because we're going to go through serotonergic and antidepressants, opioid agents, cholinergic agents, as well as some fundamental ideas associated with pharmaceutical chemistry. So let's begin. Let's begin. Okay, so serotonin. Serotonin, otherwise known as 5-hydroxytryptamine, or 5-HT, was identified as a neuroreceptor ligand in in the late 1940s. Serotonin is associated with depression slash anxiety, schizophrenia, hallucinations, drug abuse, appetite control, vomiting, etc. Just a quick note, these episodes are not intended for medical advice, counseling, or suggestions. Please refer and consult the relevant medical professionals, whether it be your physician, your GP, your general practitioner, your physician, your NP, your nurse practitioner, your physician assistant, as well as your pharmacist. Um, Make sure they are licensed in the state and registered with the board as well. So, continuing on, advances in histochemical fluorescence techniques led to the application of radioligand binding assays for 5-HT and elucidated the pathophysiological role in a variety of aforementioned disorders, so depression, schizophrenia, obesity, etc. It is also established, uh, it is also established that types and subtypes also referred to as, as families and subfamilies, so the types and subtypes are also referred to as families and, sub- and subfamilies of the serotonergic receptors, similar to opioid receptors. Okay, so now I'm not going to show any structures in this. This is going to be a tete-a-tete, a face-to-face conversation about these concepts. So serotonin biosynthesis and metabolism. Hydroxylation at the 5 position by tryptophan hydroxylase present in the serotonergic neurons. So let's just delve into what's happening with this serotonin biosynthesis pathway. Let's delve in a bit. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. So if we look closer or closely at the pathway, we see tryptophan goes through tryptophan hydroxylase. So tryptophan, which has a characteristic indole functionality, so has a characteristic indole functionality, so an aromatic functionality, and the classic amino acid uh, backbone structure with your carboxylic acid, your alpha carbon, with the substituted amino acid through or is processed by aromatic amino acid decarboxylase to form summation of methyl-hydroxytryptophan. So moving right along, serotonin release, uptake, and signaling. Biosynthesis takes place in serotonergic neurons. Biosynthesis release and reuptake mechanisms similar to other receptors uh, is similar to the re- biosynthesis release and reuptake mechanisms are similar um, to what occurs in other neuroreceptors. The serotonin is stored in presynaptic neuronal vesicles. When released, serotonin interacts with the postsynaptic serotonergic receptors. So the action of 5-hydroxytryptophan is terminated either by its diffusion away from the synapse with subsequent metabolism or reuptake mechanism back to the presynaptic neuron. 
So serotonin transporter, also known as 5-HPT, is a sodium-dependent monoamine transporter protein. So when we talk about some of these neurotransmitters, we recognize that they are monoamine. And that's the case with many of the catechol amines. So catechol, the catechol functional, catechol group, catechol structure, and catechol amine. Um, so like dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin, those types of things. Um, so moving right along, monoamine transporter protein, and it's also a druggable target for the development of antidepressants. So that's, that's an important point to take note of. Serotonin transporter, also known as 5-HTT, is a sodium-dependent monoamine transporter protein and is a druggable target for the development of antidepressants. So seven types of 5-hydroxytryptophan, there are seven types of 5-hydroxytryptophan receptors denoted by 5-HT1 to 5-HT7. All except 5-HT3 are coupled to G-proteins. 5-HT3 is a ligand-gated ion channel selective for sodium cations and potassium cations. Okay, so serotonin receptor types. So you have the 5-HT1 family. So further divided, subdivided into six subfamilies, 5-HT1A to 5-HT1. F, 5-HT1F, so 5-HT1A to 5-HT1F. Subfamilies are present in the CNS. So 5-HT1A through E, also found in blood vessels, is involved in functions such as anxiety, addiction, vasoconstriction, etc. With the exception of 5-HT1E, all other receptors of this family exhibit high affinity for 5-carboxamidotryptophan. So with the exception of 5-HT1E, all other receptors of this family exhibit high affinity for 5-carboxamidotryptophan. So uh, also, um, 8-hydroxy-2-di-n-propylaminotetraline or OHO or 8-OH-DPAT represents a selective 5-HT1A agonist. Very important. 8-hydroxy-2-di-n-propylaminotetraline or 8-OH-DPAT represents a selective 5-HT1A agonist. This suggests that an intact indole nucleus is not required for 5-HT1A agonism. Let's keep going. Okay, so 5-HT1A selective agonists. And we're looking specifically at long-chain aryl piperazines. So long-chain aryl piperazines. Or piperazines. So long-chain long chain aryl piperazines. LCAPs. LCAPs possessing long-chain substituents at the N4 papyrazine show good selectivity for 5-HT1A. So long-chain aryl papyrazines possessing long-chain substituents at N4 papyrazine 
show good selectivity for 5-HT1A. Buspirone was the first agent in this class approved as an anxiolytic drug. Structurally related compounds, gepirone, tandospirone, and ipsopirone, these agents act either as a full or partial agonist of 5-HT1A. So remember, an agonist has 100% efficacy, partial agonist has about 0 to 100, falls in that range of 0 to 100 efficacy or intrinsic activity. Um, and we're talking in respect to the endogenous ligand for the receptor. And that's a, that. those concepts have been discussed in the previous episode. So agonism, antagonism, partial agonism, inverse agonism, all those other good stuff. So uh, continuing on, general structure, you typically have the aryl group, the pyrazine group, your spacer, so your methylene spacer, and then you have the terminus. Agents containing phenyl, substituted phenyl, heteroaryl, all of those groups show good activity. So agents containing phenyl, a substituted phenyl, heteroaryl, all of those groups all show good activity. Changes in the papyrazine structure are not tolerated. Important to note. Changes in the papyrazine structure are not tolerated. The placement of the amide or the imide groups at the terminus is essential for good activity. One more time. Placement of the amide or the or and or the imide groups at the terminus is essential for good activity. All of the drugs shown above have an imide, I-M-I-D-E, imide, moiety in the terminus. Very important to note. Very, very important. Okay, so 5-HT1A selective antagonist. So remember, antagonist just blocks the function of the agonist. Some compounds belonging to this class display structural features similar to classical agonists, buspirone. So some compounds belonging to this class display structural features similar to classical agonists, buspirone. However, the aryl portion is usually comprised of two methoxyphenyl moiety. So the aryl portion is usually comprised of a, of a two methoxyphenyl moiety. Agents such as uh, WAY100-135 or WAY106-35 are referred to as a silent 5-HT1A antagonist since they lack any agonist activity. So spirone is a 5-HT1A antagonist, but also displays high antagonist affinity for 5-HT2A and D2 receptors. So spirone is used for the treatment of schizophrenia. So when we talk about spir, we're talking about those spirocycles, those spiro so spirocyclic functionalities. Okay, so let's keep going. Clinical significance of 5-HT1A agonists and antagonists. Drug development efforts explore the 5-HT1A agonists as therapeutic targets for depression and anxiety. There seems to be good correlation between 5-HT metabolism and higher tendency towards depression aggression, etc. So drug development exploits. So we're talking about the clinical significance of 5-HT1A agonists and antagonists. 
drug development efforts explored 5-HT1A agonists as therapeutic targets for depression and anxiety. There seems to be a good correlation between 5-HT metabolism and higher tendency towards depression, aggression, etc. Jepirone produced significant symptomatic relief in patients with depression. Buspirone was effective in the treatment of mixed anxious slash depressive patients. Mixed anxious hyphen depressive patients. So lack of a select lack of 5-HT1A antagonists, lack of selectivity in or with 5-HT1A antagonists. So the activity at other 5-HT receptor subtypes, dopaminergic receptors, etc., has limited the drug development efforts that specifically target receptors. This specifically targets that receptor. Compounds like LY426965 are more metabolically stable and also display improved oral bioavailability as compared to WAY compounds. So LY426965 is being developed as a smoking cessation drug. So let's keep going. 5-HT1D receptor selective ligands. So sumatriptan, imatrex, was identified as the first 5-HT10 selective agonist with only modest selectivity, 2 through 20 fold. For its affinity toward 5-HT receptors, particularly 5-HT1A and 5-HT1F. Sumatriptan belongs to the indole alkylamine class of compounds. Example, Zomatriptan, Zomig, Naratriptan, Emerge, Mesotriptan, Maxalt. These agents bind and display high affinity and improved selectivity for 5-HT1D. Agents like somatriptan, mesotriptan, possess superior ability to cross the blood-brain barrier and are used for the treatment of migraine, cluster headaches, etc. Okay, so 5-HT2 receptor family. In general, 5-HT2 family of receptors are found in the CNS, blood vessels, GI tract, peripheral nervous system, and in smooth muscles. This receptor family is considered as a therapeutic target for the development of antipsychotics, anxiolytics, anorectics, so appetite suppressant agents. The subfamilies 5-HT2A, 5-HT2B, and 5-HT2C. There is significant amino acid sequence homology between 5-HT2A and 5-HT2C, greater than 78%. This explains the overlap in ligand affinities for these two receptor subfamilies. Classic hallucinogenic drugs like lysergic acid, diethylamide, act as full or partial agonists for this receptor. So, partial or full antagonism for this receptor occurs with drugs, classic hallucinogenic drugs like lysergic acid diethylamide. The lack of type and subtype selectivity coupled with strong hallucinogenic potential has limited the use of 5-HT2A 
agonist. Okay, so 5-HC2 receptor antagonists and N-alkylperpyridines constitute a major class of selective 5-HT2A antagonists. Best known examples are ketanserin, ritanserin, etc. These agents belonging to this class in general exhibit greater receptor selectivity for 5-HT2A slash 2C. So ketanserin is used for its antihypertensive properties. Ritanserin was investigated for the treatment of schizophrenia. So atypical antipsychotics such as risperidone, used for schizophrenia and bipolar disorder treatment. Clozapine, used for schizophrenia and anti-suicidal drug. And olanzapine, schizophrenia and bipolar treatment, also exhibit 5-HT2A antagonist properties. Unlike typical antipsychotics, these newer compounds have a lower tendency to exhibit extra pyramidal side effects such as tardive dyskinesia. So stiff, uncontrolled body movements. Tricyclic antidepressants also are antagonists for 5-HT2A. So let's keep going. 5-HT2B and 5-HT2C receptor subfamilies. 5-HT2B receptors are present in the CNS and cardiovascular system. They are known to cause pulmonary vasoconstriction. Many ligands that bind to 5-HT2B receptor also bind to 5-HT receptors, and there is no approved drug that specifically targets 5-HT2B signaling. 5-HT2C receptors, so at this, at, to date, at, this, at, at the point of this reading, there was none that was seen by uh, myself and or the person who wrote this, these set of notes. The 5-HT2C receptors play a role in regulation of mood, anxiety, and feeding, etc. So the lorcasserin is a 5-HT2C selective agonist has been approved as a weight loss drug. A common side effect includes headache, side effects like depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, also uncommon, have been reported for, although uncommon, have been reported for lorcasserin. Okay, 5-HT3 receptor family. So here we have the ligand-gated ion channel selected for sodium cations and potassium cations and not GPCRs. Its structure is comprised of five subunits around a central ion conducting pore permeable to sodium, potassium, and calcium ions. Biomology is closely related to nicotinic acetylcholine receptor. So homology common ancestor. So agonist activation leads to the activation of the nausea and vomiting center in the brain stem. When activated, these receptors are also reported to cause seizures. 5-HG3 antagonists have also been used as anti-emetic agents. These agents not only improve the quality of life, they also allow for the increasing dosing. So increasing, they also allow for increasing the dose intensity of many chemotherapeutic agents, increasing the response rates for anti-cancer treatments. Patients taking paclitaxel, cyclophosphamide, and 5-FU, the 5-fluorouracil, 
and other amethyst-prone drugs are often predosed with anti-emetic agents. So, 5-HT3 receptor antagonists. Bemestron was identified as one of the first 5-HT3 selective antagonists. Many agents belonging to this class contain tropane or a tropane-like nucleus bearing a basic amine. Tropicitron, so an antiemetic, and ricacitron, anxiolytic, zatocitron, anti-nausea compound with anxiolytic properties, are examples of tropane-containing 5-HT3 antagonists. Ondansetron and renzapride, both antiemetic compounds during cancer chemotherapy, gastroenteritis, etc. Palo, palo, nozitron, chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting are examples of non-tropane-containing 5-HG3 antagonists. Regardless of the presence or absence of the tropane ring, all of these compounds possess at least one set of protonation. Renzapride is also a full 5-HG4 agonist and 5-HT2B. Antagonists. Okay. Okay, so 5-HT4 receptor. It belongs to the GPCR superfamily. It is a coupled, it is coupled with G S agonist resulting, excuse me. It belongs to the GPCR superfamily, it is coupled with GS agonists. Activation results in increased intracellular cyclic AMP, so cyclic adenosine monophosphate levels, primarily located in the CNS, gastrointestinal tract, urinary bladder, heart, etc. 5-HT4 agonists include Sisa, Pride, Moza, Pride, Brucolo, Pride, and Renzapride. Okay, 5-HT4 receptor. Cisapride increases the motility of the upper GI tract and is used to enhance gastric emptying. Serious side effects include drug-induced arrhythmia. Mosapride promotes gastric emptying and is used for the treatment of gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD, irritable bowel syndrome, etc. Brucolopride is used for the colonic motility, mobility. Brucolopride is used for the colonic mobility. It does not induce arrhythmias. Zacopride, Renzopride, and Mosopride are also 5-HT3 antagonists. Zacopride displays anxiolytic properties at the therapeutic dose. Structurally, all of these compounds contain a primary aralamine as part of an aniline or dihydrobenzofuran ring. So 5-HT4 receptor agonists and antagonists. So 5-HT4 receptor agonists. Tegaserod was introduced as a 5-HT4 agonist for the treatment of irritable bowel syndrome, but was later withdrawn after reports of increased heart attack and stroke. It is also a 5-HT2B receptor antagonist. 5-HT4 receptor antagonist. Tegaserod was developed for the treatment of atrial fibrillation, AFib, the drug was also developed as a potential therapy for heart failure. 5-HT5-7 receptors. 5-HT5 receptors are predominantly found in the brain and are further subdivided into 5-HT5A and 5-HT5B receptor subfamilies. 
So 5-carboxyamidotryptophan is a non-selective agonist for this receptor. One more time. 5-carboxyamidotryptophan is a non-selective agonist for this receptor. 5-HT6 receptor is present in CNS and plays a role in motor control, emotional stability, cognition, and memory. So 5-HT6 antagonists have been shown to reduce appetite and promote weight loss. 5-HT7 receptor is found in the central nervous system and in the cardiovascular system. It is involved in thermoregulation, circadian rhythm, learning and memory is also investigated as a target for depression. So serotonin reuptake transporter. Serotonin, re- serotonin transporter, CERT or 5-HTT, is a monoamine transporter protein that transports serotonin from the synaptic cleft to the presynaptic neuron. It belongs to the monoamine transporter protein family. CERT regulates the duration and magnitude of the postsynaptic response to 5-HT and allows the body to, reu- to reuse serotonin and prevents the need for constant biosynthesis. CERT comprises of 12 transmembrane helices, both amine and carboxyterminae are present intracellularly. It exhibits 50% homology with norepinephrine reuptake transporter and dopamine transporter, etc. So serotonin reuptake transporter. Serotonin reuptake transporter is an attractive target for drug development. Agents that block cert, so serotonin reuptake transporter increase the synaptic resonance of 5-HT are used for the treatment of a, variety, of a variety of disorders such as depression, obsessive-compulsive disorders, panic disorders, and anxiety. Tricyclic antidepressants such as amitriptyline serve as non-selective blockers for CERT and NET. Their active metabolites may also block CERT and NET with varying degrees of selectivity. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are much more selective for CERT over NET and lack most of the activity at other receptors as seen in tricyclic antidepressants. Examples of this class include fluoxetine, peroxetine, fluvoxamine, cetraline, acetalopram, trazodone, etc. Agents such as vilazodone act directly on 5-HT receptors, so 5-HT1A agonists, and also and are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Paroxidine Paxil is used as an antidepressant for the treatment of major depressive disorder, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, etc. Common side effects include drowsiness, dry mouth, trouble sleeping, asthenia, so general weakness, sexual dysfunction, loss of the libido, erectile dysfunction, etc. In general, these class of compounds possess at least two hour rings and sites of protonation. In general, excuse me, general these class possess at least two hour rings. Chemically, peroxidine is a peroxidine is a secondary amine containing compound and it contains four rings.
Okay, fluoxetine. So Prozac is used for similar conditions as paroxetine. In addition, it is also used to treat binge eating disorder. Common side effects are similar to paroxetine. In addition, this drug is reported to cause discontinuation syndrome. Rapid discontinuation of therapy causes dizziness, disturbances, imbalance, stinging, numbness, electrical shock-like sensations, etc. Fluoxetine and other SSRIs when taken with mal may cause serotonin syndrome. Symptoms include fever, agitation, diarrhea, seizures, muscle weakness, etc. Thus, these drugs are contraindicated in patients taking mal inhibitors. So, when taking, excuse me, fluoxetine and other selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, when taken with mal inhibitors, may cause serotonin syndrome. These symptoms include fever, agitation, diarrhea, seizures, muscle weakness, etc. Thus, these drugs are contraindicated in patients taking mal inhibitors. Fluoxetine is a CYP2D6 inhibitor and in some cases is contraindicated in dextromethorphan containing cold and cough medications. It blocks dextromethorphan metabolism. So selective, not selective, serotonin reuptake transporter. So uh, Serotonin, we're focusing on the serotonin reuptake transporters. Trazodone is indicated as an antidepressant for the treatment of major depressive disorder, anxiety disorders, and also to treat alcohol dependence. Unlike paroxetine, the drug does not display anticholinergic side effects. Instead, it is used to report it is reported to cause fainting, increase in suicidal thoughts, cause arrhythmias, etc. Overdose may lead to serotonin syndrome discussed previously. Okay, Velazodone is a, both a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and a 5-HT1A agonist. It does not display strong affinity for other serotonin receptors and selective for serotonin reuptake transporters versus norepinephrine transporters or dopamine transporters. Nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, dry mouth are common symptoms. Paresthesia, so tingling, pricking, numbness, etc. are also reported. When overdose, the drug is known to cause serotonin syndrome. Okay, so that's the end of the serotonin segment. In a small town nestled between rolling hills, there lived a young woman named Lily who had always been fascinated by the healing powers of nature. Her grandmother, an experienced herbalist, had imparted her wisdom to Lily, sparking her love for the world of medicine. One warm summer evening, as the sun set in hues of gold and crimson, Lily's life took an unexpected turn. Lesson 1, Introduction to Opioid Analgesics As a dedicated student of herbal medicine, Lily had long been curious about the mysterious world of opioids. What are these opioid analgesics? Why are they so crucial in the realm of medicine? These questions dominated her thoughts as she set out on a journey of discovery. On the outskirts of her village, she encountered an old apothecary who welcomed her with a warm smile. Lily eagerly inquired about opioid analgesics, and the wise apothecary began to share his knowledge. He defined opioid analgesics as potent drugs used primarily for pain relief. 
Lily learned how they found application in various therapeutic indications and were integral in alleviating severe pain. Lesson 2, Types of Opioid Receptors and Their Subgroups Intrigued, Lily continued her journey. She heard tales of receptors that played a crucial role in the action of these opioid analgesics. The apothecary explained that these receptors could be classified into different subgroups, each with its unique functions. As they wandered through a nearby forest, the apothecary described the locations of these opioid receptors within the human body. Lily discovered that they were not limited to one area but distributed throughout, playing their part in the body's intricate systems. Lily was also introduced to alkaloids derived from opium poppies, nature's gift in the creation of these powerful pain relief substances. Lesson 3, Structure and Function of Opioids Guided by the Apothecary's Wisdom, Lily delved deeper into the world of opioids. She learned about the generic structure of morphine, the cornerstone of many opioid drugs. The apothecary, using simple drawings, helped her understand how morphine, codeine, and heroin differed in structure while sharing similar origins. Their journey led them to uncover the existence of endogenous opioid peptides, natural compounds within the human body. These peptides, such as enkephalins, were critical for the body's internal pain relief mechanisms. Lily discovered the magic of opioid-mediated analgesia. The apothecary outlined the pathway and explained how endopeptidases and enkephalinase played essential roles in regulating peptide hydrolysis. Lesson 4, The Message Address Theory While exploring these concepts, Lily's fascination grew even stronger. She sought to understand the intricate message address theory. The apothecary, with his vast knowledge, elaborated on this theory. It described how opioids interacted with receptors, where the message and address domains played a pivotal role. The apothecary used a reference to a tetrapeptide to explain the concept. They then delved into the structure of dynorphin, identifying the message and address domains. The significance of tyrosine within the message domain was explained in the context of recent interpretations. Lesson 5 Mu-opioid receptors and their agonists-slash-antagonists as they continued their journey, Lily's curiosity led her to learn about the mighty mu-opioid receptors. She listened intently as the apothecary described these receptors' structure and their role in mediating the effects of opioid analgesics. The apothecary also introduced Lily to the structures of mu-opioid receptor, more, agonists and antagonists, showcasing real-life examples. It was fascinating to discover the differences between Mu1, Mu2, and Mu3 receptors and their intriguing relationship with tolerance. Lesson 6, Kappa and Delta Opioid Receptors Lily's journey was far from over, for the world of opioids was vast and intricate. The apothecary introduced her to the Kappa and Delta Opioid Receptors, each with unique functions and subtypes. They explored the structures of non-peptidic Kappa Opioid Receptor, core, agonists and core's elective antagonists, highlighting the diversity of opioid drugs. Lily was captivated by the world of delta opioid receptors and their functions. Lesson 7, Other Opioid Receptor Types As the days passed, Lily continued her exploration. The apothecary revealed the existence of another opioid receptor type, ORL1, explaining its significance in the realm of nociception. This receptor was associated with an endogenous peptide, 
adding depth to their understanding. Lesson 8, Drug Abuse and Addiction With more agonists Lily also learned about the darker side of opioids, the potential for drug abuse and addiction. The apothecary explained how more agonists could lead to addiction and the characteristics of agents with minor abuse potential. Their discussions ventured into the binding of more agonists and the structural features of morphine, further enhancing Lily's comprehension. Lesson 9, Continued SAR and Opioid Modifications Their journey into opioid science was far from over. They explored the concept of SAR, structure-activity relationship, in more agonists. Lily marveled at the significance of the tertiary amine, the role of nitrogen substituents, and the impact of N-substituent size. Lesson 10, Heroin and Opioid Modifications The story took an unexpected turn when they uncovered the world of heroin and opioid modifications. They discussed the structure of heroin and why it was more toxic than morphine. The significance of C-ring modifications in morphine and the concept of E-ring elimination piqued Lily's interest. Lesson 11, Other Opioid Analogues Their journey continued with discussions about other opioid analogues like benzomorphins, aminotetraline, and the fentanyl group. Lily learned about their unique features and effects, broadening her knowledge further. Lesson 12, Acyclic Analogues and NSAIDS Lily was introduced to the concept of acyclic analogues and their role in treating neuropathic pain. The apothecary also explained the key features of acyclic diphenyleptinone analogues, including meperidine hydrochloride. Lesson 13, buprenorphine, butorphanol, and GI effects Lily's curiosity knew no bounds, leading her to explore the world of buprenorphine and butorphanol. The apothecary explained their agonistic activity and their role in managing opioid dependence. They also discussed the intricate relationship between more and the GI tract. Lesson 14, Serotonin Basics As their journey continued, the apothecary introduced Lily to the world of serotonin, another essential aspect of medicine. They explored the biosynthesis and metabolism of serotonin, understanding how it was released, reuptaken, and its role in signaling. Lesson 15, 5-HT1A Receptor The apothecary delved deeper into the 5-HT1 family of serotonin receptors. They discussed the 5-HT1A receptor, its selective agonists, and antagonists, offering a glimpse into the complex world of serotonin signaling. Lesson 16, 5-HT1D receptor and 5-HT2 family As Lily continued her exploration, they encountered the 5-HT1D receptor and the 5-HT2 receptor family. The apothecary explained the significance of 5-HT1D receptor selective ligands and the role of 5-HT2A receptor antagonists in medicine. Lesson 17, 5-HT2B, 5-HT2C, and 5-HT3 receptors The journey took them to the 5-HT2B and 5-HT2C receptor subfamilies, with discussions about their activation. They also delved into the 5-HT3 receptor family and its antagonists. Lesson 18, 5-HT4 and 5-HT7 Receptors Lily learned about the 5-HT4 and 5-HT7 receptors, delving into their functions, agonists, and antagonists, deepening her understanding of serotonin's role in the body. Lesson 19, CERT and Antidepressants The apothecary explained the significance of the serotonin transporter, CERT, and its role in antidepressants. 
They discussed various classes of antidepressants, each with its unique mechanism of action, offering a comprehensive view of mental health treatments. Lesson 20, NSAIDs and selective COX-2 inhibitors Their journey took a turn towards the realm of pain relief as they discussed NSAIDs and selective COX-2 inhibitors. Lily learned about vinylogi, oxycams, and anarylanthranolic acids, expanding her knowledge about pain management. They delved into the synthesis of aspirin and salicylic acid, understanding their structural features and mechanisms of action. The metabolism of acetaminophen, common disorders helped by NSAIDs, and the role of PG biosynthesis and COX activity in inflammation broadened her understanding of these drugs. Lesson 21, Conclusion As the sun set on their final day of exploration, Lily realized that her journey had been one of enlightenment and wonder. She had ventured into the intricate world of opioid analgesics, serotonin, and NSAIDs, expanding her knowledge beyond her wildest dreams. She had discovered the power of these drugs, their mechanisms, and their role in alleviating pain and improving lives. With the wisdom of her newfound knowledge, Lily returned to her village, eager to continue her journey as a healer, equipped with the understanding of these vital tools that nature and science had to offer. And so, the young woman who had embarked on a quest for knowledge had found not only wisdom but also the means to bring comfort and relief to those in need. Narrator, welcome to this spaced repetition audio session where we'll explore key concepts in the fields of biochemistry, pharmacology, and neuroscience. Let's dive right in. Concept 1, Serotonin Biosynthesis and Metabolism Narrator First, let's outline serotonin biosynthesis and metabolism. Serotonin, often referred to as 5-HT, is produced in the body from the amino acid tryptophan. It's synthesized in a series of enzymatic reactions, mainly in the pineal gland and enterochromaffin cells. Once released into the synaptic cleft, serotonin gets metabolized to 5-HIAA, an inactive form, in the liver. This process regulates the levels of serotonin in the body. Concept 2, Serotonin Release, Reuptake, and Signaling Narrator Now, let's explore serotonin release, reuptake, and signaling. Serotonin is released from the presynaptic neuron into the synaptic cleft. After transmitting its signal, serotonin is reabsorbed by the presynaptic neuron through a process called reuptake. Its signaling occurs when serotonin binds to specific receptors in the postsynaptic neuron, initiating various physiological responses. Concept 3, the serotonin receptor types, 5-HT1 family narrator, continuing our journey, let's delve into the serotonin receptor types. The 5-HT1 family is one of these receptor groups. It includes 5-HT1A, 5-HT1B, 5-HT1D, and more. These receptors play crucial roles in regulating serotonin's effects in the central nervous system and peripheral tissues. Concept 4, 5-HT1A Selective Agonists, LCAP's narrator, focusing on 5-HT1A receptors, LCAP's, or full agonists, are substances that preferentially stimulate these receptors. This can lead to anxiolytic and antidepressant effects, making them essential in mental health treatments. Concept 5, 5-HT1A Selective Agonists and Antagonists Narrator, 
Within the 5-HT1A receptor family, we also have agonists and antagonists. Agonists, as mentioned earlier, stimulate the receptor, while antagonists block it. Balancing the activity of these receptors can be crucial for controlling mood and anxiety. Concept 6, 5-HT1D Receptor Selective Ligands Narrator, moving on to the 5-HT1D receptor family, selective ligands play a role here too. These substances can specifically target the 5-HT1D receptor, influencing various aspects of pain and vascular control. Concept 7, the 5-HT2 receptor family narrator, the 5-HT2 receptor family is another crucial part of the serotonin receptor landscape. This family includes 5-HT2A, 5-HT2B, and 5-HT2C receptors, each with distinct functions in the body. Concept 8, 5-HT2A receptor antagonist narrator, 5-HT2A receptor antagonists can block these receptors' activity, affecting mood and cognition. Balancing their function is essential for maintaining mental well-being. Concept 9, 5-HT2B and 5-HT2C receptor subfamilies narrator, within the 5-HT2 receptor family, the 5-HT2B and 5-HT2C subfamilies have unique roles. The activation of these receptors can lead to various physiological responses and is of interest in drug development and mental health. Concept 10, 5-HT3 Receptor Family Narrator, the 5-HT3 receptor family is slightly different from the others. It is a ligand-gated ion channel, affecting neurotransmission and gastrointestinal function. Antagonists targeting these receptors can help alleviate symptoms like nausea and vomiting. Concept 11, 5-HT3 Receptor Antagonists Narrator, speaking of which, 5-HT3 Receptor Antagonists can selectively block these receptors. This is particularly useful in preventing chemotherapy-induced nausea and other conditions where this receptor plays a role. Concept 12, 5-HT4 Receptors Narrator, the 5-HT4 receptors are also noteworthy. These receptors are involved in gastrointestinal and cardiovascular functions. Agonists and antagonists can influence these receptors, offering potential treatments for conditions like irritable bowel syndrome. Concept 13, 5-HT4 Receptor Agonists and Antagonists Narrator, within the 5-HT4 receptor family, we have agonists that stimulate the receptor and antagonists that block it. The delicate balance of these compounds is essential for maintaining healthy gastrointestinal and cardiovascular functions. Concept 14, 5-HT7 Receptors Narrator, our journey concludes with the 5-HT7 Receptors. These receptors are involved in regulating circadian rhythms, memory, and mood. Modulating their activity with agonists and antagonists holds promise for treating various neurological and psychiatric conditions. Concept 15, the significance of CERT and antidepressants narrator, before we wrap up, let's touch on the significance of CERT and antidepressants. CERT, or the serotonin transporter, is crucial for regulating serotonin levels. Several classes of antidepressants, including MAUIs, TCAS, SSRIs, and atypical antidepressants, target the system to manage mood disorders and improve mental health. Concept 16, NSAIDs and selective COX-2 inhibitors narrator, shifting gears, 
we explore NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. These medications, such as aspirin and ibuprofen, help alleviate pain, inflammation, and fever. In addition, selective COX-2 inhibitors, like Selecoxib, specifically target the COX-2 enzyme, reducing inflammation with fewer gastrointestinal side effects. Concept 17, Principles of Vinylogi, Oxicams, and Enarylanthranolic Acids Narrator, to understand these compounds, we must delve into the principles of vinylogi, oxicams, and nerolanthranolic acids. These chemical concepts are essential for comprehending the mechanisms behind some NSAIDs. Concept 18, Aspirin Synthesis, Structural Features, and SAR Narrator, Aspirin Synthesis is a classic example of drug development. Understanding its structural features and structure activity relationship, SAR, allows us to appreciate how this pain reliever works. Concept 19, Metabolism of Acetaminophen and Common Disorders Narrator, the metabolism of acetaminophen and its role in treating various common disorders is vital information. This medication is widely used to manage pain and fever while being easier on the stomach compared to some other NSAIDs. Concept 20, PG Biosynthesis and Cox Activity Narrator, lastly, Understanding prostaglandin, PG, biosynthesis and the role of COX enzymes in inflammation is essential. NSAIDs exert their effects by influencing these processes, providing relief from pain and inflammation. Narrator, this concludes our spaced repetition audio session. We hope these concepts provide a solid foundation for your understanding of these fascinating fields. Thanks for listening, and happy learning! Speaker, welcome to this spaced repetition audio tutorial where we will delve into the fascinating world of neurotransmitters and pain management. Let's start with serotonin, a vital neurotransmitter. Serotonin biosynthesis and metabolism speaker, serotonin, or 5-HT, is synthesized from tryptophan, an essential amino acid. In the body, tryptophan undergoes several enzymatic steps to become serotonin, a crucial neurotransmitter for mood regulation and pain perception. Serotonin release, reuptake, and signaling speaker, once synthesized, serotonin is stored in vesicles within neurons. When a signal arrives, serotonin is released into the synapse. After signaling, serotonin reuptake occurs, bringing serotonin back into the presynaptic neuron. Serotonin receptor types, 5-HT1 family speaker, serotonin receptors are classified into families, and the 5-HT1 family is one of the key players. They are involved in various functions, including mood regulation. 5-HT1 is selective agonists, LCAPs speaker, LCAPs, or 5-HT1 is selective agonists, specifically target serotonin 1A receptors. They hold promise in mood disorders and anxiety. 5-HT1A agonists and antagonists speaker, serotonin-1A agonists can stimulate the receptor, providing therapeutic effects. Antagonists, on the other hand, inhibit receptor activation. 5-HT1D receptor selective ligand speaker, the 5-HT1D receptor is crucial in pain modulation. Selective ligands targeting this receptor hold potential in managing pain. 
5-HT2 receptor family speaker, the 5-HT2 receptor family plays a role in various physiological processes, including mood, anxiety, and appetite regulation. 5-HT2A receptor antagonist speaker, the 5-HT2A receptor antagonist blocks this receptor's activity, impacting serotonin-related functions. 5-HT2B and 5-HT2C receptor subfamilies speaker, these subfamilies contribute to functions like appetite, mood, and anxiety, among others. 5-HT3 receptor family speaker, the 5-HT3 receptor family plays a role in nausea and vomiting, making them important targets for antiemetic drugs. 5-HT3 receptor antagonist speaker, antagonists targeting the 5-HT3 receptor are used to prevent nausea and vomiting. 5-HT4 receptor speaker, the 5-HT4 receptor family is involved in gastrointestinal motility and is a target for managing GI disorders. 5-HT4 receptor agonists and antagonist speaker, agonists stimulate the 5-HT4 receptor, aiding gastrointestinal motility, while antagonists inhibit its activation. 5-HT7 receptor speaker, the 5-HT7 receptor family is involved in mood regulation and cognitive processes. The CERT and antidepressants speaker, the serotonin transporter, CERT, is crucial in reuptaking serotonin. Antidepressants like fluoxetin, paroxetine, trazodone, and velazodone modulate CERT activity, aiding in mood disorders. Antidepressants, MAUs, TGAS, SSRIs, atypical antidepressants speaker, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, MAUs, tricyclic antidepressants, TGAS, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, and atypical antidepressants are various classes of antidepressant medications. NSAIDs, selective COX-2 inhibitors speaker, selective COX-2 inhibitors are a class of NSAIDs that target a specific enzyme, COX-2, reducing inflammation and pain. Principles of Vinylogi, Oxicams, Nrlanthranolic Acid speaker, Understanding the principles of vinylogi, oxicams, and nrlanthranolic acids helps in comprehending the structure and action of certain NSAIDs. Salicylic acid, aspirin synthesis, and SAR speaker, salicylic acid is a key compound in the synthesis of aspirin. Structure activity relationship, SAR, helps us understand its effects and side effects. Metabolism of acetaminophen, Common disorders helped by NSAIDs speaker, acetaminophen metabolism and the common disorders NSAIDs help with shed light on their clinical usage. PG biosynthesis and COX activity speaker, understanding prostaglandin biosynthesis and COX activity is essential in comprehending the mechanisms of NSAIDs. Closing music speaker, that concludes our spaced repetition audio tutorial on serotonin, antidepressants, and NSAIDs. We hope this helps reinforce your understanding of these important concepts. Stay tuned for more engaging learning sessions. Happy studying! Scene script introduction, general principles, pharmacodynamics, effects of drugs on an organism, pharmacokinetics, Absorption, distribution, metabolism and excretion of drugs. Drugs which act independently of receptors, antacids. Base moiety neutralizes acids. 
osmotic agents, certain diuretics, for example, mannitol, cathartics, for example, methyl cellulose, anesthetics, unknown mechanism of action, but potency correlates with lipid solubility. Most receptors are proteins, many with carbohydrate residues attached. Binding of drug to receptor may involve ionic, covalent, hydrogen, or van der Waals bonds. Agonists, drugs which bind to receptors and stimulate them. Antagonists, drugs which decrease or block the effect of an agonist. They do not stimulate the receptors. Competitive antagonists, reversibly binds to the receptor and prevents binding of the agonist, antagonist and agonist vying for the same receptor. High concentration of the antagonist can overcome the effect of an agonist. Irreversible antagonists usually binds to the receptor in an irreversible way and prevents any agonist action. Following administration of an irreversible antagonist, high concentrations of agonist cannot completely reverse the antagonist effects. Duration of action depends largely on the irreversible antagonist. Potency, activity of a drug compared to a reference standard, depends on the drug's ability to reach the receptors and its affinity for binding to the receptors. Efficacy, maximal effect produced by a drug. Note, a drug may have a greater potency but less efficacy than another drug. Dose response curves, ED50. Dose of drug which produces half maximal response, that is, observed effect seen in 50% of patients. Used as a measure of potency, the lower ED50, the more potent the drug. TD50, minimum dose which produces a specific toxic effect in 50% of individuals or animals. LD50, minimum dose which kills 50% animals. Therapeutic index, ratio of the dose of the drug, required to produce a toxic effect to the dose needed for a therapeutic effect. Used as an indication of drug safety, expressed as what? Narrow therapeutic index, relatively high incidence of side effects at usual doses, narrow range for therapeutic and toxic doses. Wide therapeutic index, relatively low incidence of side effects at usual doses. Permeability. Lipid solubility correlates with the ability of a drug to cross cell membranes. Weak acids and bases are more lipid soluble in the non-ionized state. Ionization, charged water-soluble molecules are excluded from crossing many barriers, for example, epithelial lining. Okay, good afternoon. It is so good. It is so thrilling. It is so exciting. Today, we're going to switch things up a bit. We're going to be having a vis-a-vis, tete-a-tete conversation on pharmaceutical chemistry. Um, so, uh, I won't be referencing the notes of some of my professors. However, I won't be showing the notes. I'll be referencing the notes. Um, it'll just be an audio discussion with with uh, the notes uh, being referenced. So the first topic for today will be serotonergic and antidepressant agents. Referencing the notes of specifically Dr. A. Kulkarni. Um, so let's just go through them. Some introductory ideas, the biosynthesis and metabolism of serotonin, receptor types and subtypes, as well as... We're going to be looking at uh, targeting and serotonergic signaling. And then we'll conclude. 
um, for that topic. Uh, but this is going to be a long episode, very, very long episode, because we're going to go through serotonergic and antidepressants, opioid agents, cholinergic agents, as well as some fundamental ideas associated with pharmaceutical chemistry. So let's begin. Let's begin. Okay, so serotonin. Serotonin, otherwise known as 5-hydroxytryptamine, or 5-HT, was identified as a neuroreceptor ligand in, late, in the late 1940s. Serotonin is associated with depression slash anxiety, schizophrenia, hallucinations, drug abuse, appetite control, vomiting, etc. Just a quick note, these episodes are not intended for medical advice, counseling, or suggestions. Please refer and consult the relevant medical professionals, whether it be your physician, your GP, your general practitioner, your physician, your NP, your nurse practitioner, your physician assistant, as well as your pharmacist. Um, make sure they are licensed in the state and registered with the board as well. So, continuing on, advances in histochemical fluorescence techniques led to the application of radioligand binding assays for 5-HT and elucidated the pathophysiological role in a variety of aforementioned disorders, so depression, schizophrenia, obesity, etc. It is also established, uh, it is also established that types and subtypes also referred to as, as families and subfamilies, so the types and subtypes are also referred to as families and, sub and subfamilies of the serotonergic receptors, similar to opioid receptors. Okay, so now I'm not going to show any structures in this. This is going to be a tele-tech, a face-to-face -face conversation about these concepts. So serotonin biosynthesis and metabolism. Hydroxylation at the five position by tryptophan hydroxylase present in the serotonergic neurons. So let's just delve into what's happening with this serotonin biosynthesis pathway. Let's delve in a bit. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. So if we look closer or closely at the pathway, we see tryptophan goes through tryptophan hydroxylase. So tryptophan, which has a characteristic indole functionality. So it has a characteristic indole functionality, so an aromatic functionality, and the classic amino acid uh, backbone structure with your carboxylic acid, your alpha carbon, with the substituted amino acid through or is processed by aromatic amino acid decarboxylase to form summation of 5-hydroxytryptophan. So moving right along, serotonin release, uptake, and signaling. Biosynthesis takes place in serotonergic neurons. Biosynthesis, release, and reuptake mechanisms similar to other receptors are uh, so similar to the biosynthesis release and reuptake mechanisms are similar um, to what occurs in other neuroreceptors. The serotonin is stored in presynaptic neuronal vesicles. When released, serotonin interacts with the postsynaptic serotonergic receptors. So the action of 5-hydroxytryptophan is terminated either by its diffusion away from the synapse with subsequent metabolism or reuptake mechanism back to the presynaptic neuron. 
So serotonin transporter, also known as 5-HTT, is a sodium-dependent monoamine transporter protein. So when we talk about some of these neurotransmitters, we recognize that they are monoamine. And that's the case with many of the catechol amines. So catechol, the catechol functional, catechol group, catechol structure, and catechol amine. Um, so like dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin, those types of things. Um, so moving right along, monoamine transporter protein and it's also a druggable target for the development of antidepressants. So that's, that's an important point to take note of. Serotonin transporter, also known as 5-HTT, is a sodium-dependent monoamine transporter protein and is a druggable target for the development of antidepressants. So seven types of 5-hydroxytryptophan, there are seven types of 5-hydroxytryptophan receptors denoted by 5-HT1 to 5-HT7. All except 5-HT3 are coupled to G proteins. 5-HT3 is a ligand-gated ion channel selective for sodium cations and potassium cations. Okay, so serotonin receptor types. So you have the 5-HT1 family. So further divided, subdivided into six subfamilies, 5-HT1A to 5-HT1F, 5-HT1F. So 5-HT1A to 5-HT1F. Subfamilies are present in the CNS. So 5-HT1A through E, also found in blood vessels, is involved in functions such as anxiety, addiction, vasoconstriction, etc. With the exception of 5-HT1E, all other receptors of this family exhibit high affinity for 5-carboxamidotryptophan. So with the exception of 5-HT1E, all of the receptors of this family exhibit high affinity for 5-carboxamidotryptophan. So uh, also, um, 8-hydroxy-2-di-n-propylaminotetraline or OHO or 8-OH-DPAT represents a selective 5-HT1A agonist. Very important. 8-hydroxy-2-di-n-propylaminotetraline or 8-OH-DPAT represents a selective 5-HT1A agonist. This suggests that an intact indole nucleus is not required for 5-HT1A agonism. Let's keep going. Okay, so 5-HT1A selective agonists. And we're looking specifically at long-chain aryl piperazines. So long-chain aryl piperazines or piperazines. So long-chain long chain aryl piperazines, LCAPs. LCAPs possessing long-chain substituents at the N4 papyrazine show good selectivity for 5-HT1A. So long-chain aryl papyrazines possessing long-chain substituents at N4 papyrazine 
show good selectivity for 5-HT1A. Buspirone was the first agent from this class approved as an anxiolytic drug. Structurally related compounds, gepirone, tandospirone, and ipsopirone, these agents act either as a full or partial agonist of 5-HT1A. So remember, an agonist has 100% efficacy. Partial agonist has about 0 to 100. It falls in that range of 0 to 100 efficacy or intrinsic activity. Um, we're, and we're talking in respect to the endogenous ligand for the receptor. And that's a, that. those concepts have been discussed in the previous episode. So agonism, antagonism, partial agonism, inverse agonism, all those other good stuff. So, uh, continuing on, general structure, you typically have the aryl group, the pyrazine group, your spacer, so your methylene spacer, and then you have the terminus. Agents containing phenyl, substituted phenyl, heteroaryl, all of those groups show good activity. So, agents containing phenyl, a substituted phenyl, heteroaryl, all of those groups all show good activity. Changes in the papyrazine structure are not tolerated. Important to note. Changes in the papyrazine structure are not tolerated. The placement of the amide or the imide groups at the terminus is essential for good activity. One more time. Placement of the amide or the or and or the imide groups at the terminus is essential for good activity. All of the drugs shown above have an imide, I-M-I-D-E, imide, Moiety in the terminus. Very important to note. Very, very important. Okay, so 5-HT1, a selective antagonist. So remember, antagonist just blocks the function of the agonist. Some compounds belong to this class display structural features similar to classical agonists, buspirone. So some compounds belong to this class display structural features similar to classical agonists, buspirone. However, the aryl portion is usually comprised of two methoxyphenyl moiety. So the aryl portion is usually comprised of a, of a two methoxyphenyl moiety. Agents such as uh, WAY100-135 or WAY106-35 are referred to as a silent 5-HT1A antagonist since they lack any agonist activity. So spirone is a 5-HT1A antagonist, but also displays high antagonist affinity for 5-HT2A and D2 receptors. So spirone is used for the treatment of schizophrenia. So when we talk about spir, we're talking about those spirocycles, so spirocyclic functionalities. Okay, so let's keep going. Clinical significance of 5-HT1A agonists and antagonists. Drug development efforts explore the 5-HT1A agonists as therapeutic targets for depression and anxiety. There seems to be good correlation between 5 ht metabolism, and higher tendency towards depression, aggression, etc. So drug development exports. So we're talking about the clinical significance of 5-HT1A agonists and antagonists.
So drug development efforts explored 5-HT1A agonists as therapeutic targets for depression and anxiety. There seems to be a good correlation between 5-HT metabolism and higher tendency towards depression, aggression, etc. Jepirone produced significant symptomatic relief in patients with depression. Buspirone was effective in the treatment of mixed anxious slash depressive patients. Mixed anxious hyphen depressive patients. So lack of select lack of five HT1A antagonists, lack of selectivity in or with five HT1A antagonists. So the activity at other five HT receptor subtypes, dopaminergic receptors, etc., has limited the drug development efforts that specifically target receptors. This specifically targets that receptor. Compounds like LY426965 are more metabolically stable and also display improved oral bioavailability as compared to WAY compounds. So LY426965 is being developed as a smoking cessation drug. So let's keep going. 5-HT1D receptor selective ligands. So sumatriptan, imatrex, was identified as the first 5-HT10 selective agonist with only modest selectivity, 2 through 20 fold, for its affinity toward 5-HT receptors, particularly 5-HT1A and 5-HT1F. Sumatriptan belongs to the indole alkylamine class of compounds. Example, zomatriptan, zomig, nauratriptan, emerge, mesotriptan, maxalt. These agents bind and display high affinity and improve selectivity for 5-HT1D. Agents like zomatriptan, mesotriptan, possess superior ability to cross the blood-brain barrier and are used for the treatment of migraine, cluster headaches, etc. Okay, so 5-HT2 receptor family. In general, 5-HT2 family of receptors are found in the CNS, blood vessels, GI tract, peripheral nervous system, and in smooth muscles. This receptor family is considered as a therapeutic target for the development of antipsychotics, anxiolytics, anorectics, so appetite suppressant agents. The subfamilies 5-HT2A, 5-HT2B, and 5-HT2C. There is significant amino acid sequence homology between 5-HT2A and 5-HT2C, greater than 78%. This explains the overlap in ligand affinities for these two receptor subfamilies. Classic hallucinogenic drugs like lysergic acid, diethylamide, amide, act as full or partial agonists for this receptor. So partial or full agonism for this receptor occurs with drugs, classic hallucinogenic drugs like lysergic acid diethylamide. The lack of type and subtype selectivity coupled with strong hallucinogenic potential has limited the use of 5 ht 2A 
agonist. Okay, so 5-HC2 a receptor antagonist and N-alkylperpyridines constitute a major class of selective 5-HT2A antagonists. Best known examples are ketan-serin, retan-serin, etc. These agents belonging to this class in general exhibit greater receptor selectivity for 5-HT2A slash 2C. So ketan-serin is used for its antihypertensive properties. Retan-serin was investigated for the treatment of schizophrenia. So atypical antipsychotics such as risperidone, used for schizophrenia and bipolar disorder treatment. Clozapine, used for schizophrenia and anti-suicidal drug. And olanzapine, schizophrenia and bipolar treatment, also exhibit 5-HT2A antagonist properties. Unlike typical antipsychotics, these newer compounds have a lower tendency to exhibit extra pyramidal side effects such as tardive dyskinesia. So stiff, uncontrolled body movements. Tricyclic antidepressants also are antagonists for 5-HT2A. So let's keep going. 5-HT2B and 5-HT2C receptor subfamilies. 5-HT2B receptors are present in the CNS and cardiovascular system. They are known to cause pulmonary vasoconstriction. Many ligands that bind to 5-HT2B receptor also bind to 5-HT receptors, and there is no approved drug that specifically targets 5-HT2B signaling. So 5-HT2C receptors. So at this, at, to date, at this at, at the point of this reading, there was none that was seen by uh, myself and or the person who wrote this these set of notes. The 5-HT2C receptors play a role in regulation of mood, anxiety, and feeding, etc. So lorcasserin, the 5-HT2C selective agonist, has been approved as a weight loss drug. And common side effect includes headache, side effects like depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, also uncommon, have been reported for, although uncommon, have been reported for lorcasserin. Okay, 5-HT3 receptor family. So here we have the ligand-gated ion channel selective for sodium cations and potassium cations and not GPCRs. Its structure is comprised of five subunits around a central ion conducting pore permeable to sodium, potassium, and calcium ions. Biomology is closely related to nicotinic acetylcholine receptor. So homology, common ancestor, so agonist activation leads to the activation of the nausea and vomiting center in the brain stem. When activated, these receptors are also reported to cause seizures. 5-HT3 antagonists have also been used as anti-emetic agents. These agents not only improve the quality of life, they also allow for the increasing dosing so increasing, they also allow for increasing the dose intensity of many chemotherapeutic agents, increasing the response rates for anti-cancer treatments. Patients taking paclitaxel, cyclophosphamide, and 5-FU, so 5-fluorouracil, 
and other emesis-prone drugs are often predosed with anti-emetic agents. So, 5-HT3 receptor antagonists. Bemestron was identified as one of the first 5-HT3 selective antagonists. Many agents belonging to this class contain tropane or a tropane-like nucleus bearing a basic amine. Tropicitron, so an antiemetic, and ricacitron, anxiolytic, zatocitron, anti-nausea compound with anxiolytic properties, are examples of tropane-containing 5-HT3 antagonists. Ondansetron and renzapride, both antiemetic compounds during cancer chemotherapy, gastroenteritis, etc. Palo, palo, nozitron, chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting are examples of non-tropane-containing 5-HG3 antagonists. Regardless of the presence or absence of the tropane ring, all of these compounds possess at least one set of protonation. Renzapride is also a full 5-HG4 agonist and 5-HT2B. Antagonists. Okay. Okay. So 5-HT4 receptor. It belongs to the GPCR superfamily. It is a coupled. It is coupled with G. S agonist. Resulting. Excuse me. It belongs to the GPCR superfamily. It is coupled with G. S agonist. Activation results in increased intracellular cyclic AMP, so cyclic adenosine monophosphate levels, primarily located in the CNS, gastrointestinal tract, urinary bladder, heart, etc. 5-HT4 agonists include Sisa pride, Moza pride, Brucalo pride, and Renza pride. Okay, 5-HT4 receptor. Cisapride increases the motility of the upper GI tract and is used to enhance gastric emptying. Serious side effects include drug-induced arrhythmia. Mosapride promotes gastric emptying and is used for the treatment of gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD, irritable bowel syndrome, etc. Brucalopride is used for the colonic motility, mobility. Brucalopride is used for the colonic mobility. It does not induce arrhythmias. Sacopride, renzopride, and mosopride are also 5-HT3 antagonists. Sacopride displays anxiolytic properties at the therapeutic dose. Structurally, all of these compounds contain a primary aralamine as part of an aniline or dihydrobenzofuran ring. So 5-HT4 receptor agonists and antagonists. So 5-HT4 receptor agonists. Tegaserod was introduced as a 5-HT4 agonist for the treatment of irritable bowel syndrome, but was later withdrawn after reports of increased heart attack and stroke. It is also a 5-HT2B receptor antagonist. 5-HT4 receptor antagonist. Fibocerod was developed for the treatment of atrial fibrillation, AFib, the drug was also developed as a potential therapy for heart failure. 5-HT5-7 receptors. 5-HT5 receptors are predominantly found in the brain and are further subdivided into 5-HT5A and 5-HT5B receptor subfamilies. 
So 5-carboxamidotryptophan is a non-selective agonist for this receptor. One more time. 5-carboxamidotryptophan is a non-selective agonist for this receptor. 5-HT6 receptor is present in CNS and plays a role in motor control, emotional stability, cognition, and memory. So 5-HT6 antagonists have been shown to reduce appetite and promote weight loss. 5-HT7 receptor is found in the central nervous system and in the cardiovascular system. It is involved in thermoregulation, circadian rhythm, learning, and memory. It is also investigated as a target for depression. So serotonin reuptake transporter. Serotonin, serotonin transporter, CERT or 5-HTT, is a monoamine transporter protein that transports serotonin from the synaptic cleft to the presynaptic neuron. It belongs to the monoamine transporter protein family. CERT regulates the duration and magnitude of the postsynaptic response to 5-HT. It allows the body to, reu to reuse serotonin and prevents the need for constant biosynthesis. CERT comprises of 12 transmembrane helices, both amine and carboxyterminae are present intracellularly. It exhibits 50% homology with norepinephrine reuptake transporter and dopamine transporter, etc. So serotonin reuptake transporter. Serotonin reuptake transporter is an attractive target for drug development. Agents that block cert, so serotonin reuptake transporter increase the synaptic resonance of 5-HT are used for the treatment of a, variety, of a variety of disorders such as depression, obsessive compulsive disorders, panic disorders, and anxiety. Tricyclic antidepressants such as amitriptyline serve as non-selective blockers for CERT and NET. Their active metabolites may also block CERT and NET with varying degrees of selectivity. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are much more selective for CERT over NET and lack most of the activity at other receptors, as seen in tricyclic antidepressants. Examples of this class include fluoxetine, peroxetine, fluvoxamine, cetraline, acetalopram, prazodone, etc. Agents such as vilazodone act directly on 5-HT receptors, so 5-HT1A agonists, and also and are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So paroxidine, Paxil, is used as an antidepressant for the treatment of major depressive disorder, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, etc. Common side effects include drowsiness, dry mouth, trouble sleeping, asthenia, so general weakness, sexual dysfunction, loss of the libido, erectile dysfunction, etc. In general, these class of compounds possess at least two hour rings and sites of protonation. In general, excuse me, in general, these class possess at least two hour rings. Chemically, peroxidine is a peroxidine is a secondary amine containing compound, and it contains four rings.
Okay, fluoxetine, so Prozac, is used for similar conditions as paroxetine. Condition is also used to treat binge eating disorder. Common side effects are similar to paroxetine. In addition, this drug is reported to cause discontinuation syndrome. Rapid discontinuation of therapy causes dizziness, disturbances, imbalance, tinging, numbness, electrical shock-like sensations, etc. Fluoxetine and other SSRIs when taken with mal may cause serotonin syndrome. Symptoms include fever, agitation, diarrhea, seizures, muscle weakness, etc. Thus, these drugs are contraindicated in patients taking MAO inhibitors. So when taking, excuse me, fluoxetine and other selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors when taken with MAO inhibitors may cause serotonin syndrome. These symptoms include fever, agitation, diarrhea, seizures, muscle weakness, etc. Thus, these drugs are contraindicated in patients taking MAO inhibitors. Fluoxetine is a CYP2D6 inhibitor and in some cases is contraindicated in dextromethorphan containing cold and cough medications. It blocks dextromethorphan metabolism. So selective, not selective, serotonin reuptake transporter. So uh, serotonin, we're focusing on the serotonin reuptake transporters. Trazodone is indicated as an antidepressant for the treatment of major depressive disorder, anxiety disorders, and also to treat alcohol dependence. Unlike paroxetine, the drug does not display anticholinergic side effects. Instead, it is used to report, it is reported to cause fainting, increase in suicidal thoughts, cause arrhythmias, etc. Overdose may lead to serotonin syndrome discussed previously. Okay, velazodone is a both a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and a 5-HT1A agonist. It does not display strong affinity for other serotonin receptors and selective for serotonin reuptake transporters versus norepinephrine transporters or dopamine transporters. Nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, dry mouth are common symptoms. Paresthesia, so tingling, pricking, numbness, etc. are also reported. When overdose, the drug is known to cause serotonin syndrome. Okay, so that's the end of the serotonin segment. In the world of pharmacy, we lay the claim. Knowledge and compassion is the golden flame. Science and practice side by side they groove. In a student's journey, we find the move. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. We are so glad you are listening. Feel free to subscribe on Spotify and tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Our Deepest Fear by Marion Williamson Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? 
Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Our deepest fear by Marion Williams. You are very important, especially to us here at the New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Vous êtes très important, surtout pour nous ici au New Chemist Podcasting Group. Votre écoute est significative. Usted es muy importante, especialmente para nosotros aquí en The Nuche Mist Podcasting Group. Usted escuchando, es significativo. Você é muito importante, especialmente para nós do The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Você ouvindo, é significativo. Είστε πολύ σημαντικοί, ειδικά για εμάς εδώ στο The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Το να ακούς είναι σημαντικό. Sie sind sehr wichtig, besonders für uns hier bei The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Es ist wichtig, dass du zuhörst. Je bent erg belangrijk, vooral voor ons hier bij The New Chemist Podcasting Group. Dat je meeluistert, is veel betekenend. You are very important. Especially to us here at The New Chemist Podcasting Group. You listening in is significant. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Bienvenidos al podcast del nuevo químico. Καλώς ήρθατε στο podcast του New Chemist. 
Welkom bij de podcast van Finu Chemist. Bienvenue sur le podcast du nouveau chimiste. Bem-vindo ao podcast do Novo Químico. Welcome to the New Chemist Podcast. Work hard. Be value-driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Travaillez dur. Soyez axé sur la valeur. Tu peux le faire. Vous pouvez grandir et l'apprendre. Vous pouvez être la différence dont vous et votre communauté avez besoin. N'abandonnez pas. Nous sommes ici pour vous encourager et vous encourager. N'abandonnez pas. Trabalhar duro. Seja orientado por valores. Você consegue. Você pode crescer e aprender. Você pode ser a diferença que você e sua comunidade precisam. Não desista. Estamos aqui torcendo e torcendo por você. Não desista. Δούλεψε σκληρά. Να οδηγείτε στην αξία. Μπορείς να το κάνεις. Μπορείτε να μεγαλώσετε και να το μάθετε. Μπορείτε να είστε η διαφορά που χρειάζεστε εσείς και η κοινότητά σας. Μην τα παρατάς. Είμαστε εδώ για να σας ζητοκραυγάσουμε. Μην τα παρατάς. Trabaja duro. Sea impulsado por el valor. Puedes hacerlo. Puedes crecer y aprenderlo. Usted puede ser la diferencia que usted y su comunidad necesitan. No te rindas estamos aquí animándote y animándote. No te rindas. Werk hard. Wees waardig gedreven. Je kunt het. Je kunt groeien en leren. U kunt het verschil zijn dat u en uw gemeenschap nodig hebben. Geef niet op. We zijn hier om voor je te roten en te juichen. Geef niet op. Work hard. Be value driven. You can do it. You can grow and learn it. You can be the difference you and your community needs. Don't give up. We are here rooting and cheering for you. Don't give up. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. 
Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I.